Broadcasting from Orchard Park, New York, and Boca Raton, Florida, you are listening to Freight 360. Whether it's breaking news, tips to increase your business, or just some good old sports talk, this podcast is all about having a conversation about the world of freight. I'm your host, Nate Cross. And Benjamin Kowalski. Let's talk freight. All right, welcome back for episode 91 of Freight 360. Ben, as always, we've got another great episode. Today, we're going to be talking all about some tools that you got to use and that we recommend to make your job as a freight broker way more efficient. We're just going to kind of hit some some high points here. We only have so much time in a single episode. Make sure you check out all of our other episodes. There's 90 other episodes and a bunch of blogs and videos up on the on YouTube and our website and whatnot that, that dig way deeper into a lot of these different tools that we're going to talk about. But we also have a special guest today. So uh, Nick Leaning from Freight Lane. So uh, you guys are, you're a non-asset based brokerage out of, uh, where are you based out of Nick? Lima, Ohio. There you go. Lima, Ohio. Well, Hey, welcome to the show, Nick. Glad to have you here. We always like having special guests on here. And what's awesome is, you know, I know you and I were talking about, um, in the, in the search of a TMS, you know, kind of the things to look at. So that's going to really help in our discussion today on different tools for freight brokers and kind of what goes into that. So, um, you know, give, give us a, a little bit of a, an idea. What's, um, you know, what's the background with Freightland? How long you guys been in business? We've been in business for six years. Um, started out with uh, just myself and a partner and kind of moved, moved along, gained some customers, gained some trucks and, and been putting it together for about six years now. Love it. Love it. So the, the big takeaway there is it doesn't happen overnight. Ben and I, Ben, you and I talk about it all the time. The the failure rate for you know newly licensed brokers within the first two years was it like it's like ninety percent or ninety six I think actually it's it's, anyway high. it's like one in ten or one in twenty actually make it past that two year mark so yeah. look, you're either not making money you don't want to pay to renew everything or uh, or you just went out of business because you didn't know what you're doing so uh, sounds like the exact opposite of my uh, college percentile <laughs> grades so that's good to know. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. Well, awesome. So, um, hey, if, you, if you're a first-time listener, welcome to Freight 360. This is a great topic for you to listen to and make sure to share us with your friends and colleagues in the industry and let us know if you have any suggestions for upcoming content that you guys want to hear about. We get, we're getting flooded with people requesting episodes. So, we're trying to do our best to keep it relevant for the mass majority of the audience, uh, but keep that stuff coming and look out for our soon-to-launch new website, and uh, we're, we're open to sign up uh, group coaching clients now. That'll be starting in the next couple of weeks. So let us know if you have questions or are interested in, in hopping on that before the hard launch. And uh, the Freight Broker Basics course is coming out too soon. So stay tuned for that. Ben, get us, get us up to date on sports. We don't have a sports reporter with us this week. But yeah, just the only update I saw. Yeah, the Colonial was last weekend. Jordan Spieth looked really well, but he wasn't able to hold on throughout the weekend. Jason Kokrak um, kind of just ached out a win towards the end. I think it was like on Sundays when he actually like overtook speed. It was a good tournament. I think honestly, one of my favorite things throughout the tournament was Phil didn't play very good after winning the PGA and he had a great quote. He Who said, cares? Phil, like, Phil, you're a little disappointed you didn't play well. Yes. I'm the oldest guy to ever win a major and I won the PGA last week. That was the <laughs> best thing anybody ever could have said. <laughs> Who Love cares? It. Oh, you know what else? I saw this this morning. So back to Kentucky Derby when Bob Baffert's yeah, horse was disqualified, came in today. It was officially uh, disqualified based on the they did the, yeah. the 
drug analysis on it or ever. So wasn't he disqual DQ'd and then reinstated? Then DQ'd and that, yeah, now it's like officially. I mean, I don't know. It could change again, but who knows, man? That's uh, that's the last I heard that came through ESPN this morning, which is June second. If you're listening to this on Friday, or maybe you're listening to it a year from now, and he's the horse has been reinstated. Who knows? But anyway, not a whole lot in the world of sports. I know NHL playoffs still going on. I don't really care too much for him, but at least not this year. Yep. Good stuff. But speaking of our course, you know, we're going to be launching it with DAT soon. And that being said, taking the guesswork out of freight with DAT, the DAT load board network is the largest on-demand freight marketplace in North America, connecting freight brokers with available capacity on any lane. Grow your business with tools that allow you to find new business partners. Plus, you can quickly qualify and onboard new carriers, which we'll be chatting a little bit about in this episode. And with the industry's leading freight rate data, you can make clear and confident pricing decisions. Yeah. Another tool we'll be talking about today. Yep. So if that was not a scripted version, we would just tell you that DAT is the hottest little bird out there. It's got just about everything you need from load posting, rate searching, onboarding carriers, vetting carriers. carriers. They got everything. Really to run your business. Three month. Check out the episode notes. All right. Let's get into it. Freight broker tool. So... Um, part of our course, we broke, I broke down in a couple of the, the lessons that I do in the course. If you, if you take it, you'll, you'll get to see the whole thing, but there are some, after we talk about the requirements at what you need at a minimum to, you know, to operate a brokerage, there's a lot of tools that are out there to make your job easier. So we want to talk about some of those software tools. And then also if we get, you know, if we get to it, we'll see how much time we got here. Some of the basic home office requirements to get you, you know, operating efficiently. So you're not, you know, uh, pencil and paper. Like I had a, I had a guy that joined me as an agent about five or six years ago. And I was like, Hey, so what TMS have you been using? He's like, Nate, been using a bunch of post-it notes and a pencil and paper. And I'm like, are you uh, serious? So, but that's just, just how he did it, man. He, he just, he was old school. He tracked everything manually. He, so he was a, he was a licensed broker himself and he would just, he would send, he would generate invoices himself, send them out, manage his bank account, and then he would just generate rate sheets for drivers and everything was all manually done. He said he had post-it notes all over his office. So the, you know, I guess the the takeaway there is that he learned very quickly that um, you know, his his job became a lot easier when he implemented some basic tools. Now I well, want to I'm- caution folks too that there's a lot of tools out there and you don't need all of them. A lot of them will duplicate features that others have. So you, you want to do your research and kind of figure out your needs and price point, what kind of fits into that. You know, don't, don't just buy something because it has great features. You need to really look at what do you need and what will work for you versus, you know, oh, this can do a hundred different things. So, well, and I think a great way to look at this is just thinking about normal tools, just tools that we think of in our life, right? Like, They've been building houses for hundreds of years with hammers, nails, and saws, right? Yeah. Well, that doesn't mean you can't build a house that way, just like in your example. It doesn't mean you couldn't run your business with Excel spreadsheets and post-it notes and whiteboards, but just like in building anything, if you walk into Home Depot, there are plenty of tools that now make that way easier, give you more of your time back, if and only if you are choosing the right tool for the right job. Try to use a hammer to put in a screw or try to level something with the wrong tool. Like you're not going to get the results. And that's really what this episode's all about. 
Yeah. And the cost too. So, which is what I kind of want to talk about. The, the first thing we're going to talk about is the, the TMS, right? The transportation management system. So obviously Nick, when, you know, when you started Freightlane, you had to identify or do some research on, you know, which TMS do I want to use? Cause there's a lot of options, right? You can, you can do like an off the shelf, uh, big box, you know, like a McLeod and I will talk about them in a bit. You can do an online based one. You can get one built for you. That's exactly what you want. And if you want to spend a half million dollars, so there's a lot that goes into it. Um, what did, you know, when you guys, when you started Freightlane, um, what did that journey look like when trying to figure out the TMS and what, you know, what you, what you wanted, what you were going to get and, you know, what was worth it? You know, it's funny. I created my own in Excel, to be honest with you. Uh, <laughs> Just nice. trying to figure it out because I, I was so freaked out because when I started, I had uh, I worked for one of the larger ones in the country, one of the larger brokers, and, and they put a lot of emphasis on that. So I actually kind of built one that functioned with a carrier database on one sheet and, uh, you know, all the different pieces of it. And it kind of pulled from each other and using V lookups and all kinds of crazy formulas. And about a week before we got our... Uh, our active brokerage license, we, um, I came across the, one of the cheaper ones out there and everything, everything was there. And I was like, are you kidding me for that much a month? I just spent 20 hours trying to figure this out. Mm -hmm. So, um, for me, it was just trying to find a simple solution because number one, I was getting back into brokerage after a couple of years off and, and I did really didn't want to have to learn a lot and just, uh, there's definitely options out there for, for new guys that are, are pretty low cost. I mean, substantially low cost. So yeah, uh, absolutely. Don't, and don't one of the overdo it. Yeah. One of the things I wanted to bring up here is, you know, obviously the three of us have, have been in the, in the freight world for quite a while and TMSs have, ex, have ex, extremely evolved like crazy. I never thought they'd be where they are today. I remember, you go back, you know, seven, eight years. I, I just remember, you know, when I first started in transportation, it was like working off of a, you know, a DOS screen. And I think it's was it like AS 4000 or something like that. And a lot of companies had their, had their software based on, it was just, you had no idea what you're looking at. You're tabbing through everything and trying to type really fast and no idea. Not you, It's not like click and drag and do this. It was very, very, you know, manual. And then, people started to create more user-friendly platforms and then they started to launch web-based platforms and mobile apps and, you know, mobile-friendly websites and stuff like that. So they have come a long way. And it's funny because I'm, I'm currently in the, in the hunt for a new TMS for Pierce Worldwide right now. And there is so much out there and a lot of companies that I never heard of before. And uh, it's, it's kind of overwhelming when you look at what's out there. So but yeah, at the, at the end of the day, I guess the point of that is um, people have been doing this, companies have been doing this long enough and specializing in the brokerage and asset-based world for developing platforms that um, it's probably way more cost-effective and efficient for, for anybody out there to use something that's already created versus trying to create one yourself from scratch, at least when you get started. So, so let me ask you guys this, because both of you guys are involved in this pretty extensively evaluating TMSs. I've worked with both of you throughout this process. What's your approach, right? I mean, and I'm going to ask Nate this and I'd like to ask Nick after, like, what was your approach for Pierce? Like, did you just have a few that you picked and then you went at those? Did you start with the problem and look for the solution? What was your initial approach to this whole process? Yeah, that's a great question. So 
Um, having not ever looked for a new TMS ever, I had nowhere to start other than asking people for suggestions. So that's the first mm-hmm. thing I did is I asked our, all of our uh, agents and the folks that are using it day to day. I let them know here's the situation. And, you know, we're looking, we've identified a lot of shortfalls in our current platform. And for well, that that's reason. Big. Well, yes. flo- yeah. And I wanted to cover that. So, cause you had mentioned that to me too. So first you reached out to everybody involved within your company and said, yeah. Hey, everybody using this, um, what are the issues or what is taking you the most time? Is that what yep. you kind of did first? Uh, well, not necessarily more so that kind of organically came in the first, you know, the first year of me being with Pierce is I would hear people's frustration and how do I do yep. this and how do I do that? And when we didn't have an answer, it organically identified the issues. And then once we discussed, Hey, we're, we're actively looking for a new platform to launch next year. What, what are you guys all looking for? What shortfalls have we not discussed yet? And do you have any recommendations on platforms that you've used in the past that we should look into? We got a list of about um, 10 different companies. I talked with the majority of them and um, I did a demo. I've done demos on like four or five and I've got a couple more to look at. And at the end of the day, the, the biggest piece for me is I wanted to look at the folks that are using it for different reasons. We had to make sure we addressed those functions. Like for example, someone that does carrier setups is not going to be building loads, right? So mm-hmm. the stuff I'm going to ask them is not the same as someone that's going to be building a load and dispatching it. Same yeah. thing with accounting. If they're if they're going to be uh, generating invoices and sending them out, they don't care about you know generating a bill of lading and a load. It, it doesn't matter to them. Um, whereas somebody that's building a load and dispatching, it doesn't care about accounting functionality or integration. They just care like, can I build a load easily? And can I copy loads? And can I run you know load history and you know pull you know, delivery locations from all my customers to get leads generated. Like that's what yeah. they care. Right. So, and that, that's why you do, you know, we've done demos with different folks on different parts of the software and try to get it all pieced together and say, what is the best option? Um, Let me ask this. Yeah. So now I'm going to ask Nick the same question. Was that kind of the same approach for you? Um, did you guys, how did you start deciding who you're going to look at or what was your approach? My approach was a little bit different just because I'm involved in every aspect. Um, mm-hmm. Like uh, Nate just kind of touched on the carrier setups and carrier approvals and then the accounting, which to me, I looked at what are my non-revenue generating activities that I'm wasting time on. And I tried to eliminate as much time from each of those as possible. So that kind of led me on my secondary search because I've since switched TMS. What were some of those, by the way? You want to just fire off at least one or two of the activities that you considered non-revenue generating and that were very time consuming? Uh, just processing the actual PDF documents was insanely time consuming. Before. Well, that's big. And I want you to explain that for our listeners, because so many of our coaching clients, my coaching clients and the people I've worked with have no idea what they have in store for them. When they start in this business, they get some customers, money's coming in, all's right in the world. And then all of a sudden they've got to spend 15 hours a week invoicing. And they're like, wait a minute, I didn't know I was going to need to do this. Talk a little bit about that, what that process looks like when you get something from a carrier what you needed to do and why that was important to make that faster. Well, I mean, you have to, you have to keep certain records uh, per regulations. You got to keep the rate con, the invoice. Mm -hmm. I don't remember exactly what they are. We save them all now. So, Uh, but basically you have to create a, a file of each one of those. And then you have to, you know, 
name that file so you can go find it later that mm-hmm. or run the risk of having to go back and do it later uh from all your previous email attachments so just the act of splitting those files saving them as different file names i mean as a new brokerage can just kill you i mean you're trying to most guys that are starting to trying to start their new their new brokerage they're they've got kids at home and everything else and they're they're yep. pushing those activities off to the evening and don't realize how important that time is and how much time they're actually wasting doing that. What's so big? I mean, you know, you and I've worked together for a long time um, and exactly in that way. And I know, I remember we were talking about it. I think you've cut your time down. What it was it when you started, what did you think it was taking you per invoice? How long was it taking you on average to process one? About About 15 minutes in the original system I had. And that's down to what now per invoice? Give or take uh, the act of splitting and and then just reviewing the bill of lading to check for any issues. Max two minutes, probably a minute. Right. Yeah. So that's huge. Right. If you're running even 20 loads a week at 15 minutes a load to invoice and he's gotten that down to two minutes. Right. That is some massive amount of time he's he's gotten back. Right. Yeah. Either to sell, spend with his family, whatever it is. That's a that's a real return on that investment. And another thing I want to add in there too is um, there's a lot of integrations that certain TMS platforms will offer. So they may not give you a solution, but if they offer the ability to integrate another third party that might offer a, you know, like for example, uh, Hubtran, right? Hubtran offers Mm -hmm. a tool that you can have an email address set up where carriers can send all of their paperwork and load documents to this email. It will connect to your TMS and it will uh, scan through the documents, check the load numbers, check the uh, the pay, payable amounts that are on there and basically auto aut- automate everything. And if there's exceptions, a human being has to look at it and review it. Um, and again, a human still has to give the approval at the end of the day. It's not going to send an invoice out. What's so. the cost on Hubtrans ballpark? Um, so when, when we used it, when I was with LDI, it was a per load cost. And I think based on the volume that we did, it was about 50 cents per load. But okay. it, it allowed one person in payables to do the, do the work that four previously could do. And then we could reallocate those other three bodies to other accounting functions as the company grew. So it wasn't like, you know, we had to fire anybody. It was we reallocated as we were growing. But and that's we implemented big. That, we implemented that as the growth was happening, not after the fact. Yes. But so many people ask us, like, how do we do more? How do I, I need more business. I need to be able to make more money. I need more time for this. Like, more, more, more. This is what we're talking about, especially for, I know a lot of our audiences are new into brokerage, just got into it or looking at going into it. These are the solutions that are going to allow you to go make more money. Like he said, that's like a, what is that? A 25% or 400% efficiency you got out yeah. of just Hubtrans. Four yeah. people down to one. Yeah, absolutely. And then instead of having to hire somebody brand new for a role, you already have someone that's been with the company for a couple of years that now they're their workload just got very light and you can reallocate them to another part of your accounting department. Or maybe you've grown so much, you get to promote somebody to become a team leader, a supervisor and everyone wins there. So, but again, there's costs that come with all these. And we talked about it earlier is you don't want to buy a tool just because it exists because you may not be ready for it. It may not be, you know, it may not be cost effective at that point in your, you know, in your career. So do you want to cover that? I, what are, what are the ballpark costs? What can a new broker be looking at and a broker that's not even in business? Yeah. All right. I'll, I'll, I'll go over a few that I've, uh, I've seen. Um, let's say you have a brokerage that has about 50 users. Um, I'm going to, cause that I'm going to call that a, uh, 
medium-sized brokerage. All right. Yep. Um, I don't know what it is for, for someone that's brand new. I'm sure that the tiers probably change, but uh, McLeod is one of the largest um, TMS platforms out there. They're software-based and um, you don't get upgrades for free with them. The cost that I saw for them for a brand new system was uh, half a million dollars. One time you buy the license and it's a lifetime license, no upgrades. Um, you got to pay an additional couple thousand dollars for every user that you add or license that you add. But the, the total cost to get it all implemented, set up, um, you know, it involves like on-site training and integration mm-hmm. of different tools. It was about a half a million dollars to upgrade from an old version to a newer version of McLeod is about half that. So another quarter million dollars. So it's a huge investment. Um, so that's McLeod. They're very expensive. Yep. They're one of the, the most used ones because they, they support both brokerage and asset-based companies. So you can manage your fleet and your brokered loads. Um, and it has really good accounting integration. Um, so that's, that's one. Um, I've seen others that will charge a monthly, their subscription base. So they're like a um, SaaS, right? A software, software as a service. Software as a service, right? So you don't buy a lifetime license. You pay per month per user, um, similar to a lot of our subscription-based things that are out there. So I've seen anywhere from like 150 a month, you know, 200 a month per user. And I've seen as, as far down as like $50 a month. And they're all going to have different levels of, um, you know, access and tools that are included in them. Um, the majority of the time, like load boards, obviously, you know, unless, unless like, obviously like DAT and truck stop, they own a TMS. So you can get load board access as well as part of a package. But if you have a third party, um, like for example, Ascend TMS as you know, Ben, we've talked with them before Tim. And, uh, with Tim over there. And uh, Randy's one of their account execs that I've done some demos with. Um, you can still have your own seats for DAT and truck stop. And um, what's the other one? Uh, post everywhere. Post everywhere. Yeah. It's like the aggregate of like 50 smaller ones and they'll integrate it in for free. Some TMSs will charge integration. Plus you still got to pay for the load board. Um, but just having the availability to, to do that is kind of nice. You can plug and play, but so price back to 50 your to 150 software yeah, just, as a service kind of gets you a lot of features. You could go all out. You're looking at a quarter to a half a million. If you really wanted to build the functionality you wanted with McLeod. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's funny, like you'll talk to people that one of these bigger TMSs, they either love it or they hate it. Like LJX is another one and it's owned by Descartes uh, mm-hmm. who also owns MacroPoint. So they've had LJX for a while and LJX has come a long way. People used to say, I hate it. And now people say, I love it. I've talked to people that use McLeod and they're like, thank God, you know, McLeod is so nice. And I'm like, is it? I don't know. <laughs> you know, I, I came from a different TMS before McLeod. So I've got my own thoughts, but you get like the love hate type of thought with the TMS. At, at the end I of the think- day, it's just a way, if you don't know what a TMS is, you probably should have started with that. It's the software you use day to day to run your business. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't want to get us off topic because we've got a lot of other tools, but I'm like, I think it might even be helpful to just go through what are the basic things you use a TMS for, Nick? I mean, let's, why don't you just list off what are the, the things that you think are most important in a TMS? Well, I mean, first and foremost, you got to generate uh, invoices is probably the most uh, a, a basic but important thing uh, mm-hmm. to do with for a your TMS. customers, right? Being Correct. able to send bills to your customers. Correct. So in a TMS, you set the load up, 
you know, you, you put in the shipper, the receiver, the details, and then that TMS at the end will generate the invoice. But I mean, there's so much more to it. You, you got to manage the carrier piece. You got to have all the carrier details in there. I mean, you don't want to be looking in your email for a phone number for a driver. You want it to be right in your TMS. And if I could just train guys to put it in the TMS every single time, <laughs> it would make my life so much easier. Um, I, I actually still take our night calls. So when I, when I get night calls and the driver's info is not in there, it just boggles my mind why it wouldn't be, but, but it isn't sometimes the tools there, but we're not using it. But anyhow, um, you know, there's just a lot to it. I mean, you got to make appointments on a lot of these loads. So you save the appointments in there and, uh, you know, those are the basic functions, but then when you're looking at actual people selling you bells and whistles, you guys have mentioned a lot of names here. Um, the, the bells and whistles are being able to get out the, get the information that you've given this TMS back in a meaningful fashion is one of the most important things. Being able to access the carriers that have ran certain lanes for you so that you can leverage those relationships yep. multiple times rather than just once. Um, you know, your rate data that there, no one's rate data is better than your own because you know, you're, what you actually did, what you yeah. were able to negotiate, what your carrier was willing to do the work for your shipper for at any given time, right? Like, correct. Yep. You'd be amazed at how many of these TMSs I've looked at that don't have simple functionality to get to get that information out. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's huge, and that's one of the things that. So, McLeod does a good job at that. They have um, you can run like a carrier search, and you could say, "I want to see in the last." You you can pick whatever date range you want, but maybe the last month or the last six months, you know, what carriers have I used in this, from this state to this state, or just, you know, origin this state with this equipment type. It'll tell you all of it, the rates, um, the dates on it and all that stuff. It's really, really useful stuff. And a lot of TMSs, like you said, Nick, they might not have that. And that's really crucial stuff, especially when it comes to developing stronger long-term relationships with your carriers and getting that utilization percentage higher. Um, back to your point about, you know, inputting driver details company I was with in the past, the proprietary TMS, that was, those are required fields, whether you had it or not, you had to type something in. It was driver's name, cell phone, alternate phone number, tractor number, trailer number, um, origin, like where they're leaving to go to the pickup. So wherever they're dispatching out of was all required. And it was for that reason. Like you said, Nick, if you're fielding the, the nighttime calls on the op side, um, you know, let's say somebody's out sick and it's even during the regular day, right? And someone's backing them up or they're on lunch or whatever the case might be for anyone else to be able to quickly see and verify the load information, that carrier and driver's information, that's huge. And also it helps, it'll cover your ass too. If there's ever an issue down the road and you need to be able to pull that information, the emails might've been deleted or whatever. You'll have all that stuff. And I think the most important takeaway from everything that we just discussed is garbage in, garbage out. If you've ever heard that, they use it a lot in statistics is it is only a TMS is only as good as the information you're willing and your processes require you to put in. Everything should be going into it so that later you don't have to remember it and you can use the tool the way it was designed so that you can go and do what you need to do and it retains the information. Are you trying to remember it? We're going to email or on a post-it note or wherever the hell else you wrote it down. Yeah, absolutely. So I want to I hit on some other things outside the TMS. 
um, that will oftentimes blend in and overlap the TMS. So obviously TMS is going to make your job easier when it comes to the billing process and track and trace on a load, customer management, stuff like that. Um, I want to hit on load boards really quick. We've talked about them in the past. Um, you know, check out the show notes to get the free month of DAT. If you're not using a load board right now and you're just using Facebook and LinkedIn to try and try and find trucks. Get our um, month for free. Yeah, it'll make your life a thousand times easier. So, you know, big ones out there, DAT, truck stop, um, post everywhere, which has a bunch of smaller ones, like one, two, one, two three, three load boards, boards another one. Stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, but let's, let's look at like a DAT, for example, right? They're going to, they have thousands and thousands of carriers that are using them and thousands and thousands of brokers. So the more data they have, the better they can be at matching folks together. But again, it's also only as good as the amount of brokers and carriers that are actually posting their loads and their trucks on there. But it's a good place to start if you're a new broker. Um, and a lot of times, like I said, they will integrate into your TMS so you can build a load in your system and it will automatically post out to DAT, truck stop, whatever else, auto refresh it until you assign a carrier, um, which saves you time. That way you're not logging into DAT, posting a load, then manually refreshing it, then manually deleting it when you're done. That kind of stuff's important to look at. Um, I did an episode last summer breaking down the different costs of load boards. Um, and depending on what you look at and what features you get, you can get them for as little as like a hundred bucks a month. Um, but you can also spend, you know, three, $400 a month, depending on what you're looking to get and how many different boards you want to buy. If you're going to buy DAT and something else, uh, maybe you're in more of a niche, like you might need, um, central dispatch. If you're doing auto hauling, you might want Selectus if you're doing expedite or, you know, bulk loads, if you're moving bulk shipments. So, you know, you don't need everything, but enough to make your job more efficient. So, um, you know, I think the, the load the load board piece is huge, and I see too many people that are just trying. Uh, they're just trying to you know save cost on load boards and just post. And that's fine, but the reality is, is it's giving you access to the marketplace where these transactions really happen. Like that's really what it is. It is where all of the carriers and all of the brokers are communicating their loads. You need access to the market. You need the information for one, but. It's definitely going to help you. If not, I, I don't. I don't. I don't think anybody really could reach success in this business without, honestly, DAT and definitely probably truck stop. You would need both of them, and you really should be using or looking at at least yeah. one of the two. And I think this is off air before, but um, there are certain load boards tend to be better for certain um, types of equipment, right? Thanks. So historically, and I, I know it's changed since then, but historically truck stop used to be really, really good with open deck. So a lot of flatbed loads, DAT has come a long way to grow their carrier usage for the flatbed and open deck community. Um, so yeah, that's a, it's a good thing to look at. Um, so yeah, load boards definitely got to have them. Um, if you could operate without using a load board, you'd be the, probably the most effective freight broker that's out there because you're not re relying on anybody else except for your own existing carrier network. So, uh, but Hey, you know, they're going to, they have a big grandpappy's uh, freight broker. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I can't even imagine how those guys did it after they deregulated the industry. Yep. And you think about where load boards, where they originated, right? People used to go to truck stops and like little post-its things yep, you pull they off. Would have postings on the wall. And that's kind of how it originated is, you know, you would go and see if you're a driver, what loads are available there. Right? In that area. Brokers are yep. calling to somebody that's at the truck stop and 
physically printing out or writing up on a board where they have loads. So yeah, it's wild. Good stuff. And that's where internet truck stop got its name. Cause they became the internet. Yeah. The internet truck stop. So uh, cool stuff. All right. So other, other tools, I know we, we got only a little bit more time here. The other tools, and these will integrate a lot of times with your TMS um, tools to help you vet carriers. And this is, um, you know, so DAT has two products that I really like for the, the carrier set of process. It's um, carrier watch and then uh, onboard by DAT. So carrier watch is pulling from the FMCSA safer website, which will allow you to pull a lot of stuff with insurance and active authority. Um, they're all anything that's going to be on that website. They're able to pull in there plus additional information, which you might have something from like carrier 411 or whatnot. So that's going to give you an idea of, you know, a car- if you've never worked with the carrier, you can get kind of a snapshot on how long have they been in business and um, you know, do they have the active authority? How many power units? What size do they have? So that's that's the vetting portion. Now, the onboard tool is how you would actually set them up. So you can create the broker carrier contract, have that sent out, executed, and all that stuff. So really cool tools. Otherwise, if you don't use that, it's a lot of manual searching. Um, you have to create your own contract, send it out, have it hand jammed or you know PDF signed, whatever the case might be. Uh, these are time-saving measures. So if you're doing one load a week, Probably not ready to start spending money on something like that, but you're doing 10, 20, 50 loads a week at your brokerage. You're going to have to have some kind of tool that's going to assist you to do this or pay a person to manually do it, but it's usually cheaper to have that automated. Yes. So, thoughts on that, Ben or Nick? On the, this is the carrier setup process and using tools to make it easier. I've actually got a buddy that's had a brokerage for about a year and he he's doing as well or better than I am. And, uh, he hasn't had a carrier vetting software and just decided to sign up for it here recently after being browbeaten into it. Um, and he just can't say enough. I mean, it's insane how much time is saved Yeah. by, you know, carrier watch or, or the other ones that are out there, my carrier packets or what, whatever the, whatever yeah. option you decide to go with. My carrier package is a really, really awesome one. Um, so if you guys aren't familiar with it, my carrier packets is a, it's a website that'll integrate often into a lot of the TMS platforms where if you have a new carrier, you want to set up, it will email them a link to go on. And if they're That's a first time user, they have to create an account. But if they've used carrier packets, my carrier packets before they just log in and they can just instantly share their insurance documents, um, everything they need, W9, all the stuff that you would require a carrier to send you. Here's the other cool thing about it would be in there. The other cool thing about these automated ones is it allows you to go do something else. Like you're on the phone, the carrier's like, hey, I want this load. You negotiate the terms and then you go and look and you're like, oh, they're not in my system. Instead of you having to stop what you're doing and do that, you just kick them the email. They do this while you're doing the next activity and it just alerts you and you're like, oh, all their contracts are in. Good to go. You, yep. you got you guys are missing one of the biggest pieces to those softwares. Uh, so they control the uh, the fraud of the whole deal. So oh, they, yeah. use the, they use the FMCSA information to verify identities and they have it. I mean, I can speak to my carrier packets and they have it on such lockdown that I had I, I probably had a fraud instance once a year for the first few years. And then I switched to my carrier packets and never had another issue. And let me tell you, when, when someone 
portrays himself as one carrier and then six months later you hear from the actual carrier that hold it and you got to pay it twice it's a pretty painful learning experience yeah it, it made the cost of using one of these services seem like nothing well that's a really good point that i think is often overlooked right is that risk and you know people don't want to think about it don't want to see it or just hope that it doesn't happen the reality is is it does and it happens often and the bigger you are the more often it will happen yep and if you're not using a, a service to do that, you're either taking the risk yourself or you're hiring another person to take on that duty and trusting that they're not going to make any kind of errors. So that's that's great stuff. Um, I want to hit on the customer side too. So when you're adding new customer, and I'll talk about CRM, it's going to kind of blend them together. So you want to make sure you can manage and you know access your customers and prospects information. So whether you're uh, you know, you're smiling and dialing and making your prospecting calls and taking notes, or you have an active customer of yours and you want to check their credit line or payables contact or aging of their invoices, stuff like that. Um, having a good a carrier focused portion of the TMS is going to be huge. Um, carrier, customer, I'm sorry. And the, the vetting part to extend credit out is, is a big one that I think there's a, there's a lot of different options out of it, and I've seen it done different ways, but if you're not vetting out a customer for a credit line and you're just saying, oh, they want 20K, I'll give them 20K, then I, you're making a pretty big mistake. You've got to have some, you've got to have some intentionality behind it and there's got to be a method to it. So um, companies like DNB, so Dun and Bradstreet, they have a lot of good stuff for um, customer, uh, basically how they, how they look credit wise. And Sony is another good one. There's companies out there that will sell receivables insurance like Euler, uh, QBE, those are two big ones. And they will do the, the vetting for you. They will tell you, hey, since I'm going to insure this credit line for you at a certain cost, I'm going to do the vetting and make sure they have days to pay within our acceptable range. They don't have, you know, they're not ex, ex, uh, really stretching themselves too thin with their debt to income ratio, um, any kind of, you know, past claims on them, that stuff's all looked at. So having access to this stuff will give you way better information than just, you know, Joe Schmo on the other end of the phone that wants to talk so good about his company and how financially stable they are and all that stuff. You've got to have hard data on it. Um, so I highly recommend tools like that. And again, you, you might pay uh, per transaction on this to search a customer. I know DMB, I think is that way. They, they would charge like a, a flat rate or flat fee per customer you checked out. Other ones will say, hey, for X amount, Per month, you get this many credit checks on customers. Uh, but yeah, good good stuff your, to look at. Your, uh, your sponsor, DAT, has a nice feature that shows you their average days to pays for, for brokerages for you truck trucking companies out there. Um, I'm not sure if you can look up shippers, but uh, for sure you can on truck stops, credit stop shipper. Um, and, and you can get pretty good information without paying anything. It's, I think it's in their broker pro package or whatever it is, but uh, good information there. And another yeah. suggestion that I'd have on that topic is consider, consider using factoring for your first year, just because they're, they're, they're the ones extending credit to your customers at that point. Granted you're on the hook for it, but they're not going to let you run with just anybody. So just always run your either through a factoring company, have them run the credit or, or through, you know, like I said, uh, somewhere yeah yeah and truck stop both have it yeah so the 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 factoring scenario there they do a very similar job that like a, a euler 
company would do. So since they're the ones extending the credit out and they're putting their neck out, even if you're liable for all or a portion of it, they are going to do their due diligence and check out that customer and make sure you know that they're looking for the right stuff and that they look okay on paper. And on top of that, it's what they do for a living. As a freight broker, your your job is not to vet customers out. Your job is to move freight. Whereas these companies, they're, that's their focus. And Ben, you've talked about you know, building a house, right? You have one guy hammering nails and one guy hanging drywall instead of one guy doing everything one after another, right? They specialize. They're going to be more efficient and probably better at it. Well, most likely better at it. So good stuff. There's so many more tools. Um, we don't have time to get into them today, but I, I will tell you that there is a breakdown in one of our blogs on our website about the cost to start a brokerage. And a lot of these tools are listed in there. Factoring's in there. TMS is in there. Load boards is in there. Um, all that stuff. So check it out. Um, again, you typically get for, or you get what you pay for. So if you're going to be cheap and not spend the money, you're going to get a, you know, a, a, a below par, subpar service or, you know, set of results. Whereas, you know, if you spend just the right amount, you're going to have a, a great solution. But if you overspend, you're going to find yourself disappointed because, you know, you weren't. Let me ask you guys this, all three of us, and I know it's kind of on the spot, but what do you think about doing a part two on this? And we can dig into more of the functionality of some of these tools, discuss what, and yeah, go a little further into do part one, part two next week. We could do uh, a whole, a whole bunch of stuff. So you, it doesn't, you doesn't may, not make you, a difference. You made me an offer I can't refuse. You put me on the spot. So uh, one, one thing I would like to just say is, is the most important thing in shopping all this stuff is building a punch list and, and not just stopping at one option. Always know what's out there. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And take your time. And like, for it- example, the, the TMS hunt that I'm in right now, we, we decided at the beginning of the year that we were going to do it. And our timeline to start with the new TMS was 2022. So we gave ourselves a whole year to do it, do more research rather than less research and have too many options, right? They always say that you know, the, the best position to be in is to have, you know, enough time, enough options and enough knowledge. So you can have all that if you give yourself, you know, like you said, as many options as possible and as much time. So. If you're thinking about starting a freight brokerage and don't think you have time to review these different options, you have no business starting a freight brokerage. So, <laughs> but sadly, they will still do it. Yes, many of them will. I'm sure, but yes, you had your fair warning that. though. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Good stuff. So we'll get, we'll dig into more of this stuff in a, in a future episode. We got some uh, social media questions here, but first we got to mention our friends over at Lean Solutions Group. Obviously. Last week, we let you guys all know about Trey Griggs's missed putt after he got out of the sand down there in Florida. Was it Plantation Preserve, Preserve. or whatever? Yep. Uh, but hey, Lean, we saw their office. They got a really awesome operation. Um, you know, whether it's staffing or account management or marketing or tech, Lean has the solution for you for your brokerage, right? So if you need a new website like me and Ben are having created right now, they could do it for you. If you need bodies and seats, you need some dispatchers, you need some track and trace folks or counting folks. They can do all that for you. So check them out at leangroup.com. There is always a link in our show notes. So check them out at leangroup.com. All right, first question. We've got actually two here that are about agents. Um, But here's the first one. I took a freight brokering course and I've driven for five plus years. Where can I get started as an agent? Uh, Well, I will tell you that the the big agent-based companies won't look at you. They're, you know, they typically specialize in, they're designed and structured for folks that are experienced and can bring a book of business over fairly quickly, but they'll typically pay you more 
um, for, you know, for that. So if you're new, you have, you know, some training, um, you know, I'd recommend you probably want to go, maybe work for an agent for a little bit, maybe be a sub agent of theirs, um, find a smaller brokerage that maybe has a newer agent program or doesn't have one at all. And we'll take a chance on you. You're going to probably expect to get paid considerably less though, because, um, at the end of the day, you don't have the experience because driving a truck is very different from brokering freight. Um, and a training course is a good foundation, but on the job training and coaching is going to be a, a huge next level, um, you know, addition for you in your career. So, you know, just search out folks at our brokers or have a, 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 you know, newer agent program and talk to them. You know, someone might give you a shot. Usually they will. Yep. Second question. I love this one. Where are all the trucks at? Nick, you want, <laughs> Nick, where are all the trucks at? If I knew that answer, I would be a rich man. I'll tell you that. <laughs> uh, so, um, Ben, I was talking with one of Pierce's brokers in Florida a couple weeks ago. And um, it's so for him, produce season in Florida is yep. really, really taking a hit on a lot of stuff. Seeing reefer, the cost to get a reefer over double right now. So, like from two bucks a mile up to five bucks a mile now. And um, you know, come summertime when that eases up, I'm sure he'll, he'll get his margin up on, uh, on the carriers that don't have freight to haul and are looking for loads now. Well, but, that's the question. Um, when you're asking where the trucks are at, my first question would be, what are you trying to cover them for? Yeah. There's always a truck out there. If you've got enough money. I mean, I, I know I was talking with Nick earlier today. I, I think he was working on a load earlier this morning with something like nine or 10 bucks a mile for like a 170 mile run. You got it covered in what, five minutes, you told me? 10 minutes when you had the right money in it? Yeah, I had a carrier string me along yesterday and then I had him fall out on me. And, uh, you know, the I know the guy personally and it was just a disaster. So I just put it out there for 10 bucks a mile and three people offered. Yep. It's insane <laughs> to think about that kind of rate. But, and speaking of which, one of the stats I got from a load board rep a couple of years ago was posts that have a rate associated with them get like something like seven times the amount of um, calls or views or whatever the case might be. So, mm -hmm. yeah, we have a rate on 90% of our loads, 98%. And sorry to any brokers out there that are offended by our rates or, or upset that we're publishing them, but it, it gets the job done much faster. Yep. Absolutely. That's what you got to do. So good stuff. Last question here. I have three years of brokering experience, but no book. How can I get hired as an agent? Uh, a lot of companies, if you're experienced and don't have a book, they we'll will hire you right now. So you just, yeah. you know, like I said, a lot of the bigger companies that are strictly designed and modeled to support large amount of agents, they want you to have a book. Um, I've taken folks on that didn't have a book though, because they might've had a non-solicit. They couldn't touch customers for 12 months or 24 months, but they were allowed to work somewhere else. And there's a lot of companies out there. If you, you know, if you made it two, three years at a, you know, like a, a Nolan or a TQL or a CH Robinson, a lot of those, they won't let you go work anywhere. But if you work somewhere and you succeeded and I, I could see your numbers and your commission, I have no doubt you can build a book again. You know, it might take you a few months, but um, you could definitely get hired. Uh, you just got to do your research there's a lot of posts on like Indeed, ZipRecruiter, stuff like that. Um, but also there's a lot of agent recruiters on LinkedIn. Um, just reach out to them and reach out to me. Hit me up. I'll talk to you about Pierce, but you know, all depends on, uh, on what that experience looks like. If you were just a dispatcher and you've never, you know, called and closed customers and you know, you've got some more learning to do. So good stuff. Well, that's, 
that's the episode. We're going to have more to talk about in future episodes in this freight broker tools and technology. Yeah, I'm, I'm anxious to dig in. I think there's a lot we're going to be able to talk about in next episode too, because I've been involved with both of you in this process. And I know both of you got some really interesting lists on what it was that you were evaluating, what was important to each of your organizations. I think that's going to be really valuable. And I think a lot has come out from both of our conversations, again, with each one of us talking with each other in regards to like functionality that just isn't in some of them and is in some other ones. And I think some things you're going to want to hear us describe, it's going to save you some headaches in the future. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, good stuff, Nick. Thanks for joining us. We appreciate having you on today and look forward to having you on again in the future, man. Sounds great. I had a good time. Uh, one, my one piece of advice on technology is keep it simple. Yeah, absolutely. Because you can spend a lot of time trying to figure out some fancy technologies that in the end of the, at the end of the day, just cost you more time. And more money. Most likely. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> good fair. stuff. Well, awesome. Ben, any final thoughts? Whether you believe you can or believe you can't, you're right. And until next time, go bills. That wraps up this episode of Freight 360. Thanks for joining us. Make sure to check out all the other episodes for even more great content. Check out the show notes for links to any articles and content that we referenced on this episode. Visit us on the web at www.freight360.net. And if you'd like to learn more about a new home for your agency, contact me directly. And if you'd like to learn more about me coming out to run a free complimentary sales training for your team, check me out on LinkedIn or again at www.freight360.net.